This podcast is sponsored by Spotless, a new series from the Esquire Network, a sexy and bold drama laced with dark humor. Learn more about Spotless by downloading Coming Clean, a roundtable podcast that goes behind the scenes of TV's best dark dramas. And tune into the Spotless series premiere November 14th at 10, 9 central on Esquire Network. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells and with me as always are Maureen O'Connor, New York sex columnist. Hey Maureen. Hey David. And Allison Davis of The Cut. Hey Allison. Hey David. Today we're going to be talking about being a wallflower at an orgy. Anna Pulley wrote a great essay on the subject for The Cut and she's here with us to talk about it. Also we're going to be talking about Gaspar Noye's love and what Maureen believes is the greatest cum shot in cinema history. I wonder what the other contenders are. And lastly, we're going to be talking about Justin Bieber, whose penis I'm not sure we've ever actually talked about before, but I think we've emailed a lot about over the last couple months, um, and which he recently referred to as a she. Uh, As someone someone pointed out in a New York Mag Slack room, I guess he thinks of it as a yacht. (laughs) On to our first topic, the sadness of the wallflower at the orgy. I'm awkward at sex parties, Anna Pulley writes in her fantastic personal essay, I'm Always the Wallflower at the Orgy, which the cut ran a couple of weeks ago to tremendous response. I'm awkward at party parties too, but there's a particular embarrassment that comes from being a sex writer who is bad at sex parties. Like if you found out that Cookie Monster was watching his figure, confused and a little sad. Anna, we are not sad. We're super happy to have you here to talk about the piece. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So how long have you been feeling sad about <laughs> group sex? Um, you know, probably like the last year, I would say. I actually started that essay a long time ago. Um, so it's it's been a while coming and, you know, I keep trying over and over again to be like the most outgoing, sexiest person at the party, but it still has not happened. So I'm waiting. So why do you keep going? Um, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> I think the main reason is, so my girlfriend, Kelsey Byer, she is an illustrator. And one of the things she does is she illustrates girls getting it on at orgies. And so I have like a case of FOMO when she does. And I, so I go for that reason. But also, um, I'm pretty connected with the sex community in the Bay Area. And so I go to see my friends also. And, you know, read people's books and talk to the animals and not get laid. <laughs> I suppose the same reason you keep going to parties regardless. Right. Play with the cat. Exactly. Yeah. Do you um, find group sex hot generally and it just makes you uncomfortable to be there or is there something about group sex itself that is a little off-putting to you? Uh, no, it's not so much the group sex or even the exhibitionism part of it. It's mostly like I have trouble with transitions. Like I can't, I can't turn those first few minutes of awkward small talk into like, can I put my face on your face like that <laughs> that I haven't mastered. But hilariously, so people have been giving me tips since this came out. Uh huh. Um, can I share one? With Please, you? absolutely. Yeah, Please share that more than one. One of my questions. <laughs> so my favorite tip is from my friend Avery, and I've I've called this the Donald Duck approach. Um, Ah. Is that just walking around with your pants off? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Because she wants to be a little bit, you know, like, reserved. Um, 
And but she wants without the pants on, she she says it lets people know that she's like ready to party and ready to th- to throw down. But with the shirt, like having a little bit of reservation still. So you're you're in people's apartments and everybody starts clothed and the sort of the hurdle it sounds like that you're having difficulty getting over is the initial small talk and then the when do we take our clothes off and get going. Yes, absolutely. And um, so another tip that I have been told since this came out is that you just have to be you have to be upfront about it. Like you actually don't even have to have the small talk if you don't want to. Um, You can just especially like if a scene is going on, you can say like, oh, that was really hot. Like, can I touch your leg or something? You know, probably that makes sense. Like if you were at a dance, you would, you know, want to dance. You don't have to hey, what's your job? Right. <laughs> I don't know, Anna. I feel like there's a lot of lessons in here in. for like real life about being assertive and going for what you want, you know? True. Without, you know, the bullshit. As in orgies, as in life. Yeah, yeah you could write good. a whole self-help book. Like, yeah. What, what I learned yeah. about life from... <laughs> from sex parties. So how common do you think that this sort of um, like wallflower syndrome is in, in a sex party or group sex setting? Do you feel like a lot of people who go are uncomfortable at first or having a hard time getting into it or do you think you're pretty unusual um I would like to think it's not just me um I think that a lot of people have sort of social anxiety about any kind of party situation but at a sex party the stakes are so much higher you know so I think that it's it's pretty common for people to just kind of like watch for a while and maybe even go to a couple parties and not do anything at all and then you know, once they work up the nerve to do something, then they can. On the other hand, though, at a sex party, the one thing you do have is that um, if you just sit and literally watch, you're kind of participating in a way because you're, you know, you're adding to this environment. Whereas I feel like if I went to like a regular party and I just like say if I just like sat on a chair and watched everyone talking to each other, (laughs) I oddly think that would come off as significantly creepier. (laughs) Right. It's actually, it's like the one place where you can go to a party and no one is on their stupid cell phones. Like, (laughs) is actually paying attention or, you know, doing things. So the most present parties in America, sex Sex parties. parties. (laughs) I also wonder, like, what is there so much more pressure on the person hosting a sex party than the guests? Like, Anna, do you talk to the hostesses or hosts? Of these things, are they just like super anxious the whole time, like I am before a normal party? Yeah. I do try to talk to the host. I feel like that's good etiquette because right. it's really gracious of them to like let yeah. 60 ladies come <laughs> and like vibrator up their house, you know? <laughs> Um, so I do try to talk to the host. Um, sometimes you don't know who the host is, though. So that's awkward. That's like fun. you're just sort of running around and being like, do you live here? Um but yeah, I think it's I think it's a nice courtesy to do that and just to like let people know like this is really great of you. And at Girl Pile, it's super fun too because there's always usually like a jacuzzi or a hot tub, um, and there's also cookies always. Like they bake cookies and then they bring them around for people to eat while they're fucking, which you would think would be sort of messy, but it works really well. Well, it's kind of adorable. You also described how, you know, if you're in someone's home that they're, you know, cuddly cats and like so many that I was like, God, this is so girled out. I know. I kind of like I want to go to Girl Pile. It's terrific. And there's one coming up actually soon that I'm a little nervous about, of course. Well, now everyone's really going to be watching you. Yeah. Not to add to your anxiety. I know the host of the party, she also shared the essay and she was like, well, we got to get this girl laid, Um, which... (laughs) It's very sweet of her. Uh, But now I'm a little nervous. I'm like, oh, no. So you you think the writing of the piece is going to make things a little more uncomfortable rather than a little less uncomfortable for you? (laughs) 
Oh, it's definitely given me a lot more attention. And like a lot of people have written to me and said they want to go to sex parties with me, which sounds really fun. Actually, I want more like (laughs) I want a a posse of (laughs) your sex entourage. Exactly. Where we're just doing nothing but reading. (laughs) No, I have to ask. So you and your girlfriend are both sort of chroniclers of sex parties, it sounds like, because she's, you know, doing the illustrations and art. And you wrote about some instances where, as a sex writer, say you were taking notes at an orgy. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience is like? Yeah, that is a terrible idea. I do not (laughs) recommend this at all. Um, But so I was doing research for... Um, this news story about sort of sex party light, like um, parties that didn't involve sex but were sexual. So that I went to a second base party. Yeah, that was so funny. Um, <laughs> and second base party is just like making out. Like you can't go anywhere past second base. So I Wait, think... what do you define as second base though? Boobies? Yeah. I the, boob the host defines it as, I think like you can't take your pants off. So I went to that party and I was, you know, interviewing people and that always makes people really uncomfortable as well <laughs> because they're trying to like hook up with people. Do you have like... A recorder in your hand or just old school notes? Um, I have an old school, yeah, like a, a pad, like one of those uh, recorder pads that I use. But uh, sometimes I bring my journal, which also <laughs> uh, makes me seem like a creepy girl. You've got like some reading glasses down on the bridge of your nose or whatever. I wish. I wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so people people often ask me like, oh, are you writing poetry? Are you? <laughs> are you? I don't You're so know. inspired. And I'm like, I should just lie about it and say, yes, I am. I'm writing poetry. I'm you know, out. it makes me wonder, though, because, you know, the thing like if, say, if you go to like a a screening of a movie that's early on and like a certain number of people will be like trying to write notes because they're movie critics. And then, you know, you sort of like want to look at their like, do people want to look at your notes? Is it hard to write notes? Is it dark in these rooms? <laughs> it is dark. Yes. Just mood lighting. Lots of yeah. scholars covering lamps are your notes good when you go to like i mean you're like vagina three was doing this like (laughs) yeah that totally happened to me and actually one of the notes that i wrote for that party the quote about how the guy said my eyes were like the windows to the microwave to the soul (laughs) um i wrote that down and i was like what the fuck like that took me a while to realize like oh right that guy said that to me and so i totally feel you like that happens to me all the time can I ask you another question about the second base party? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Do you are those people people like you who want to have a sex party but are uncomfortable and this is like a safer compromise environment for them or are they into it for some other reason independent of sort of social anxiety? Um I think I think people go to second base parties for all kinds of reasons. It's a, an incredibly popular event, I will tell you that. It's, it's it sells out every time and I think it only happens like four or five times a year. Um, but yeah, I definitely think for some people who might think, okay, sex party, that's a little bit too much, but I'm going to see if I can maybe try this out and see how I feel about it. Because, you know, public sex is kind of a big ask for people who've never done it before. So yeah, I definitely think all, all different kinds of people do that. But one of the coolest things about second base is they have this cat bird dog system. Do you know about this? No. (laughs) No. Um, All of us, all of us are looking at each other like, what? (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's really cool. It's sort of like an an uh, consent uh, system with animals. And so if you're a dog, it means you don't have to ask permission for sex, really. Like you're sort of ready to go. You're like excited and, and ready to go. And if you're a cat, you're more tentative. You're like, no, you have to ask me first. And if you're a bird, it's like, don't touch me. I don't. <laughs> how, wait, how do you how do you announce your cat bird dogness? So they have like stickers usually. Oh, and they also have, you know, as an icebreaker, like people will go around. There's like a welcome circle and mm. people will go around and be like, I'm a bird. I'm a cat. Cool. I guess I'm just wondering if there's anything else you can tell us about, you know, social etiquette or rules at orgies. Like, do you bring a hostess gift? Good question. What, other, what other animal codes should we be learning about? Yes. So a, a couple other etiquette rules are you should bring your own towel. Um, because I mean, there's lots of surfaces to get down on, but it's pretty rude to like leave a big stain on the host sheets. Um, that's so true. So I have a leather couch and I just thinking if somebody left like bodily fluids on that, it would ruin it. I'd be so pissed. So yeah. That's like a good point. Much <laughs> like, much like those nudists told us yeah. like earlier this year. Anyway, so you bring a towel mm-hmm. to get yeah, down on. Um, bring your own toys if you want. There's always like a thousand Hitachi magic wands at sex parties, though. So if you're <laughs> if that's your preferred method, then don't worry about it. But if you have something that you prefer, bring it. Um, they usually have barriers that you can put over toys, and they have lots of gloves and lube and all of that. Consent, obviously, very sexy. Don't go up to someone and just like start macking on them if you have never talked to them before. I'm like running through my mind now of just like every social setting, whether I was a dog, a bird or a cat. I think that really does describe how like engaged or your relative level of social engagement anywhere. Yeah, it's true. Like I was a total dog at the bar last night, (laughs) you know? (laughs) No, not sexually. Just like, you know, like where you go and you talk to everyone. It's hard not to. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't know. Like it's like your friendliness level or your like tentative cat level. You should like in the office you could use that system too. Like I'm a bird today. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I like when I'm like deeply engaged on my cell phone at the bars because I'm trying to give off bird vibes. We've somehow, we've like (laughs) taken this to the like least sexy place. Yeah, I know. Look how we keep doing this. Alice and I keep being like, that is exactly like when I was busy at the printer at the office. (laughs) And I was like, get out of the copy room. Wow, we're so much less sexy than Anna, but we're so glad to have you explaining it to us. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So we've been talking with Anna Pulley about her essay, I'm Always the Wallflower at the Orgy, which you can find on The Cut. You can also read more of her stuff at AnnaPulley.com. And now before our next topic, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Esquire Network's new series, Spotless, a sexy and bold drama laced with dark humor. Spotless tells the story of a troubled man whose tidy life is turned upside down when his outlaw brother crash lands into his world, forcing dark secrets of the past into the light and getting both of them fatally involved in organized crime. Played out against a backdrop of Gene's niche crime scene cleaning business with gangsters, corruption, drugs, and death a constant hazard, Gene, Martin, and their dysfunctional family struggle to gain control over life, business, and their shared destiny. No one gets away clean. Find out what happens when the mob needs a little help cleaning up. Spotless premieres November 14th, 10, 9 central on Esquire Network. All right. The greatest cum shot in cinema history. Maureen, do you want to take it from here? Yeah. So <laughs> this new movie from the uh, French provocateur Gaspar, is it Noé? I, Noah? I, I feel like I've heard it pronounced like a dozen different in, ways. He actually even like gave a Q&A after when I saw the screening and like I still don't haven't figured out how to pronounce his name. But anyways, um, he made a 
3D sex movie called Love. And you were running out of the studio last week to see this movie. Yeah, because I really didn't want to be late. And also my friend was texting me and he's like, I'm in the back. I have a hoodie and it's up. Like, (laughs) I'm so ashamed. Where are you? So I went running over so we wouldn't be left alone. Um, And so the movie, it's like two hours long. It's crazy. It opens up with like three straight minutes of just like a mutual hand job in three dimensions. Um, And it's about sort of a passionate love story of a young, really annoying film school boy, falls in love with art school girl. Lots and lots of sex happens. Um, There's a broken condom. There's some orgies. uh, Everybody has to grow up at the end, yada, yada. Um, But I don't think anyone really cares about the plot. Everyone is there to see sex in three dimensions with these, like, gorgeous actors and actresses using their real genitalia, all, like, up close and personal, real erections, and real jizz. Does the jizz come at you in 3D? Oh, my God. So I, at this point, was laughing hysterically. And my friend next to me was like, shut up. I'm like crying. This is such an emotional moment. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's literally the 3D penises. Like, there are a couple erections that come straight out of the screen at you. I just Terrifying. hit my microphone. Straight out of the screen at you. And, like, this penis, like, jacks off. The cum shot is onto the audience. Gaspar Noe masturbated, jerked off onto the audience, literally. It's funny. It's- the most indie film of the planet. It makes me think of they. They used to do like they like they would have like scent effects where they would right, <laughs> they would like pump like, some smell. Like what like the smell of you bleach imagine, or something? No, but I imagine like you could have like you could dump liquid on the audience. Oh my god! Right? Oh, I'm so sure he would like if he Disney could. Disney ride, guys. <laughs> it's like true game changer. True game changer. All right. Well, you've convinced me to see the movie, but I have to ask, who should I take? Like, this is not like a movie you can go to alone, right? Um, I think you could. Okay. It's like, you like know what? You I, need, wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What you. if someone sits next to you and it's too... <laughs> you need um, someone to help you through like a 3D cum shot, I feel like. I feel like you should bring um, a fuck buddy or an extremely neutral person that you've like talked about dicks with before. Um, I went with a friend who tells me all about his sex life. He is a gay man, so there was zero sexual tension between us. Um, Do you think you would have like been laughing less if you had been with someone who there was sexual tension with? Like it would have been less comic and more charged. Sexy? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. The screening we saw was packed, and actually there was a surprising, a shocking amount of people like talking and gesturing at the screen the whole time. So it wasn't <laughs> terribly sexy, but um, in other circumstances, perhaps it could be. Uh, Did you see anyone making out in the theater? No, but you know what? At uh, like minute seventy-five or so. This like group of women stormed out, and one of them announced very loudly, "I'll never have sex again." Oh, wow! <laughs> it's it's. I mean, there's it's. The was movie's definitely she, not for everyone. You think she was disgusted, or did she feel like she was never going to top what she had seen on the screen, and therefore there was no point? Oh no, they were disgusted. Uh-huh. It's also a really long movie, and I must say there is some element. Um, so I keep doing this thing where I also afterwards was like, it's so brilliant how he's like seen how much torture he can put us through, like how much dumb dumb screenwriting we're willing to indulge and sit through in order to get the 3D dick, right? <laughs> so then I said that to my friend. He's like, what are you, are you talking about? I think this is very, like, sad and romantic. And then I was like, fuck, does everyone else think, like, the love story is actually good in this? Because I thought it was horrible. Oh, Gaspar actually put his own dick in it, too. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah, Do you of know course. which one it is, or is it Yeah, just, he, yeah. Well, he plays, he plays, um, he plays a character, and that character pulls out his dick at one point. He really wanted to 
show his dick and jerk off on the audience. And <laughs> he, he did. successfully <laughs> did that. And it is a wild ride. I hope this gets an Oscar nom. <laughs> Have you guys seen his first, I think it's his first movie, I Stand Alone, I think it's called. I haven't either, but I remember some really like um, vividly telling me this about it. There's a scene where the main character, who's this really lonely guy, goes to like watch porn in an actual theater, which I guess you know people used to do or whatever. Um, and the the movie was shot in this really strange wide format, so it was like um, wider than most widescreen movies. And so the whole what would have been like the full shot of each still of film was the porn was like the porn on the screen and then the little extra sliver was like the main character just sitting all by himself in the theater that's so sad i still haven't seen this movie but that shot sounds incredible right that does sound incredible why hasn't somebody made a 3d sex movie yet yeah the world just needed this regardless of like what happens well i bet there was like a little like a little movement of 3d sex in the 70s back right? in like the with... first the the blue red yeah, well, eyeglass one but don't they still give you blue and red eyeglasses now no, no they, they just, give you they're oh, tinted just, seat glasses uh-huh. have you of. never seen a 3d movie david i've seen a few you don't remember the thing you put on your face <laughs> oh really <laughs> I guess it's dark. And, like, here's another conversation we made totally unsexy, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, all of a sudden I'm realizing that I'm like, this might just be, like, our modus operandi. that We take these sexy topics and make them so boring. Wow. So speaking of, should we talk about Justin Bieber's dick? Yes. Yeah, another thing that I don't think is going to be sexy. It's not sexy. So I'm sure everyone... Like has has looked right that there were leaked photos of Justin Bieber nude in Bora Bora, <clears throat> like full on dick shot, and his his penis was big, which is surprising because it's Justin Bieber and like he was like running around a swimming pool. Yeah, he was just like leaving his you know like cabana to the, to go meet someone in the pool, and it was just flopping. Was he wind. just with a girlfriend or was he with like a whole naked party? Just a, one lady. I don't know uh, if it's his girlfriend, oh, Maureen. Excuse don't make me. any assumptions. <laughs> but uh, I think the internet was really excited to see Bieber peen. Also, like, shocked that it was big. And then some woman, I think, came forward and was like, I've seen it. It is actually that big. And he knows what to do with it, which, like, blew everyone's ew, mind. Yeah, Bieber. But, um, and then his dad commented on it publicly via Twitter. Something like, son, what have you been feeding that thing? Hashtag proud papa, which was another so weird, so weird, gross. The type of sort of like anthropomorphization or animal morphization, I don't know what you would say (laughs) going on here, is really weird to me because then the other thing that you flagged this week, Allison, was that Justin Bieber called it his penis she. Right. So he's discussing it in this Billboard cover story that came out this week. And, you know, he's just casually chatting about the photo. And he goes, "Um, I was scared. I first saw the one with the black bar over it. I was like, oh, my God, I just got out of the water. Shrinkage is real. Uh, Then the the journalist says, "So, so was it. And he goes, no, no, that's as big as she gets. She. That's as big as she gets. Which I thought was like an interesting... A little show of like modesty. He could have said, yeah, there was shrinkage there. Actually, it's like typically much bigger, right? That's true. I, have I, was, to say... I didn't even care about the size thing. I was so shocked that he said his... She. She. That he calls his penis a she. And then I wondered, does she have a name? You know, like, do, do we call her Miranda? Like, what? Like, tell me more about. I felt really. Um, so it's funny that yacht metaphor made me all of a sudden be like, okay, maybe this makes a little more sense. <laughs> At first, I was just like, I am one hundred percent against like the anthropomorphization or naming or he/she pronouns for genitals. It just like disgusts me. Um, however, the weirdness <laughs> of a man calling his penis by female pronouns all of a sudden that I was like, oh, 
maybe I can come around to this because that's just so like weird. I and... liked it. And now I kind of want to call my vagina a he. Like, does that make you yeah. uncomfortable? Huh. But I, so a while ago, because all I do is write about penises for nymag.com, <laughs> I wrote about Lenny Kravitz's exposed penis. Oh, right. Right? oh my God. <laughs> in my, oh, I, I called the Lenny Kravitz's penis a she. And the like the response I got from people on Twitter, men were just like, that is the weirdest thing you could ever do to a penis. Like, why would you call it a she? I can't tell you why I called Lenny Kravitz's penis a she. It just came to me like a muse. <laughs> but I, like, I would like to know if that's like, I don't know. If other men think of their penises as, as female. female. Um, men, write in. But <laughs> Please tweet at Maureen and let her know. <laughs> <laughs> tweet at Allison. That's it for Sex Lives. Our producer is Sam Dingman. Thanks also to Anna Pulley for coming on and to Henry Molaski and Laura Mayer Panoply. For Maureen O'Connor and Allison Davis, I'm David Wallace-Wells. We'll talk to you next time, and thanks for listening. <laughs>